BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. My name is Chad Ozie, and I am joined by Jeff Cross. How are you today, oh, Jeff? I'm good. I'm good, good, good. You know, we're in the hot middle of the summer. You we know, are. I feel like we, we could use some rain. <laughs> we have it was funny last night the uh the lights flickered at our house mm. and my wife immediately jumped to is it going to storm will we lose power whatever um and i'm like you know i haven't even checked you know like i have no idea what the weather <laughs> says or so doesn't say. i mean as a, as a baseball umpire i just you know, assume somebody else is going to tell me at some point. <laughs> so I, uh, that's so right. That's right. I, uh, I pull out my app and it says we're not supposed to get any precipitation until next Tuesday. Yeah, another like seven, eight days, and we have gone through long stretches. Now, I'll tell you this: as someone who is not as big a fan of mowing the grass as Jeff Cross is, yeah, I do not mind these long stretches sure. without rain. But sure. as somebody who really likes garden fresh tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm torn, so it's it's tough. It's so tough back and forth. When you say garden fresh tomatoes, do you have a garden? I do. Do you? Yeah, I have a container garden. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I heard that putting fish heads in like with your tomato plants are mm-hmm. really really beneficial. Have you heard that before? I mean, it's just like anything else. Anytime you're putting organic material in there, that the microorganisms are going to break down. It's going to increase the soil biology of your. Uh, <laughs> You could have just said <laughs> yes, <garden>. bro. <laughs> well, no. I mean, hey, if you're take me into my other job, you know, we can we can talk about vermicompost. And we can That's talk right. about all sorts of good uh, things what's right the, now. Uh, you know? What's the uh, um, uh, what's the worm? What are the castings? Worm yeah. castings. That's, That's right. right. Castings. That's vermicompost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. You know, I my can provide all your vermicompost needs. I, yeah, I brought. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I brought our old golf cart over to my daughter and son-in-law's house, and they compost and. Mm-hmm. My daughter was already home, so my son-in-law rode with me and my wife and was talking about, you know, my daughter tries really hard. You know, she wants to compost, and, you know, they bought this whatever, this drum that spins, you know, tumbler that whatever it is, 100 bucks or whatever that cost was. And my son-in-law is like, oh, this is going to be great, so we'll have one pound of dirt in 10 years. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's going to be huge, you know. So, but my, my daughter's always trying to do her part. She's always trying to do a part. So 
That's awesome. I, and my son-in-law is very complying when it comes to that. But nice. it's always fun to hear that because I'm not that guy. I'm not. I'm not the. Well, if they, if, if, if they want to do it to where it's more than a pound of dirt a year, you can just have them get in touch with me and we can produce six to 12 tons of vermicompost a year. Via in your... In their garage. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my son-in-law might be... He might be mad. Because <laughs> right now he's trying to save room for the golf cart. So, yeah. So, yeah awesome. Life is good. I've had a good week. Had a had a good couple weeks, actually. I've been doing a lot of fishing, hanging out with my kids. Um, got a chance to visit with them over Father's Day. And uh, it's... it's You know, we're, we're lucky to be able to do those things. And, you know, as I told... As I spoke at last camp... In the classroom session, because it was was over Father's Day weekend, I said, you know, we we need great fathers out here, when mm-hmm. and it's important that we take the job seriously, and it's uh it's something that I I don't want anyone to underestimate, I guess. So sure, yeah, it was it was pretty cool to be able to hang out with my kids and just do, like you know, they get you a pair of socks or a tie or whatever, and mm-hmm. do you like it? I don't know many difference. I like it. My kids got it for me, so it's pretty cool. That's right. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you brought up camps. Um, that's part of what we're going to talk about today. It's it's interesting. I was talking to several of our listeners over the, the last few weeks and talking about things that, um, you know, they, they did or didn't want to hear from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing that most of them kept saying, hey, when, when, when's the camp episode going to be? When's camp episode going to be? I'm like, what do you mean? When's the camp episode going to be? I'm like, well, we've we've talked about camps a lot in the past. They're like, well, well, yeah, but but that's part of what we do. Like, you know, on on the podcast, we talk about camps and you know what's going to happen and what do we expect and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And, and uh, part of me was sitting there going, well, I don't know that you know that a lot changes. You know, a lot of the things that we've talked about, you can go back in our, uh, you know, in our library and and. Look at what I think some pretty solid content about mm-hmm. how do we prepare for camps? What do we expect from camps? What do we want to get out of camps? All those kinds of things. Um, but as I was having a couple of these conversations, I did think it was really interesting. Um, I've taught uh, or evaluated at a couple different camps um, recently, uh, both baseball and basketball. Uh, you've just recently been a part of a basketball camp that, uh, that you're part of the leadership team for. And I began looking, uh, through a little bit of uh, fresh eyes because of some of these conversations, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I would love to know, uh, you know, what, what are some things maybe that stood out to you? you know, from the camp that you were just a part of, you know, what are some things that maybe were, were different than the past or you just saw, you know, differently or, or, or something that stuck out to you? Well, I mean, there was a few things for one, what I like to lead off with, I guess, is, um, at least what I saw this past weekend, mm-hmm. there's, there's no, um, the, the number of people that are willing to try this mm-hmm. is not decreasing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are willing to try it. Yeah. Don't know how they're going to perform or even how they're going to handle the next three or four, three to five years. But, you know, we just in, we had at least, I don't know, close to 30 brand new people, whether it to college ranks or to the area. So they're willing to try it. Mm-hmm. 
it's our job to get them to want to keep on trying it. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of times it's, it's the outside voices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the outside voices that that tend to discourage them from family members like, why are you doing this? Because we come home and go, yeah, I got yelled at a lot. And family members, well, I don't understand why you're doing it. It's got to be an easier way. Um, so I, I was very impressed with that. I was impressed that from just a veteran in officiating to to see new people willing to, you know, as one of my classrooms was, uh, you know, the courage to put the shirt on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that takes a big amount of courage right there. And they were all willing to do it. Uh, with uh, with really no guarantee of getting another game mm-hmm. or getting any games and, or guarantee that they would even potentially pull any kind of education out of the out of the couple of days so they did it and that's pretty impressive so I thought that was pretty cool the other thing is you know this year our setup was different with um, who I was um, sharing a, fl- a court with as okay. far as evaluating as a clinician yeah as a clinician right and um, it's in the past easy five, six years, I kind of you know sat with the same person and had the same other outlook. Mm-hmm. I was used to their outlook. Well, this year was different. I uh, got the chance to sit with some other clinicians. And it's very, very weird, not weird, I guess, but it was it was eye awakening, eye opening for me to to see how some people see their job as a clinician. Mm-hmm. And what is so important to them that is maybe not important to me or vice versa. I don't know if they paid attention to you know what mm-hmm. I thought was important. But it was just interesting to see that and how some, some clinicians would get very uptight and worked up about what I saw as a very minor situation, mm-hmm. you know. So... Um, so that that just made me made me think that because it's been a number of years since I've been to a camp, I could see how a camper would have some frustrations or some concerns if they do three games in a day and they have three different clinicians and they hear three different messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that is just because each clinician has a a driving point that they want to teach that you know that is. Whether they came across that because they believe it's important or they spend many years failing at that and they finally perfected it mm-hmm. and they know how much better they better referee they are for that. So they have their reasons. So if I guess if you're going out to camp and you're you know, you're having to deal with you know, I don't care if it's if it's three different clinicians or three different coordinators, you know, they all have their, their driving force. We I, it's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real. Well, thing. you know, let's 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 put a little bit of meat on those bones. Okay. Um, you know, we have we have people right now that are going to be heading out to some pretty big <clears throat> baseball camps coming up in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. where they're going to be at complexes with you know dozens of baseball diamonds, where they're working with you know all sorts of partners, where there's going to be multiple coordinators there, multiple clinicians, multiple evaluators, mm-hmm. all there watching those games. We've got big-time basketball camps that have already gone on and are getting ready to go on. And when I say big-time, what I mean by that is I don't mean what level. I just mean, like, for the person that's going to this camp, this is this is a big-time thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that big-time camp could be a high school camp. That big-time mm-hmm. camp could be a, a JUCO or a D3 or a D2 or a D1. 
but it's it's where it's that next step for that person you know and when when we go to some of these you know these basketball camps there's you know a hundred floors going on mm. at this camp you know mm. and maybe not all of those are being covered by the camp personnel you know sure but i mean the, these all this stuff going on all this chaos all this noise all these people and uh you know you you go out to a baseball field and you've got a a guy looking at your plate stance and they're like hey um you know man, I, I really need you to, to change this up because this, this isn't where you need to be, mm-hmm. right? And now you go to the next field the next day and you're working your plate game mm-hmm. and you're working really hard to, to, to do that and all. And the person isn't saying a word to you about your plate stance. <laughs> They're talking to you about your mechanics, mm-hmm. you know? And then you go to the next field the next day and you're working at a plate and they're talking about your communication with your crew and why you're not and, and you're like but well but have I, have I fixed the plate stance thing from day one right right yeah. mm-hmm. and it may be that the easy answer is yes because if it was glaring they would have said something about it mm-hmm. but I think the the bigger thing is exactly what you were just talking about maybe that clinician is just trained to look for something different mm-hmm. and there are things that stick out or are more glaring to them we see it in basketball all the time uh, in basketball, you have some clinicians that are very play calling oriented. You know, how well does this person call plays? Mm-hmm. And somebody else is very mechanics oriented. How crisp do they look with their mechanics? You know, is their arm all the way up in the air on a foul or right. is it a little bent mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, right? Um, other people um, are. Are, are trying to look for the little things, you know, are they good game management people? Are they body language? Good. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. All that kind of stuff. Right. And so what I think happens is, is that then we begin to get frustrated as campers because it's like, well, I'm not hearing the same thing every place I go. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, <clears throat> I think your last camp that you ever went to, for basketball was my first division one camp. Mm. We went together and uh, we didn't work any games together at that camp, but we, we attended the camp together and I got to, I got to watch the things that people were saying to you, which wasn't a whole lot, but there were people that would say things or do whatever. Right. Um, and, course those things were just vastly different than the things that i was being told Mm -hmm. because we were two very different places Mm -hmm. you know you're a guy who now really doesn't need to go to camp anymore Mm -hmm. to be able to maintain and do what he needs to do versus somebody that's just trying to break in the door for the very first time and so then even from the same clinician you could have very very different messages Mm -hmm. based on where that person is at. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it can be really frustrating if you're somebody who's gone to a clinic over and over and over and over, and you feel like you're not getting a lot of feedback that's helpful or beneficial. It may just be because they're so used to seeing you that nothing's really new. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing new to really 
give you. And so getting in front of that different clinician or going to a different camp than Mm -hmm. where you've been used to going can be really helpful. So I I say all that set up. And here's the, the question I would have for you, Jeff, is if if you have somebody who, you know, is hearing different things on different courts, what's what's the right way to process that? What's what's the right way to take that and have it be positive rather than have it be frustrating or discombobulating? I don't know if, if I'm going to give you the answer you're looking for or if I'm going to be able to relay the message that I'm trying to send is when we're hearing different messages... A lot of times, it's the same message said in a different language. Okay. Um, and we, as as you know, uh, students of the game, we, it, it's not everything we're te- everything a clinician is teaching is not black and white like two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of gray there. So when we when we hear that what we think is different messages. I think we need to look into, okay, I heard these, we'll say three different messages. And we're going to try and qualify, try and, you know, understand if that's, are they three really completely different messages or are they not? So what I would do is I would take those three messages and I would bounce them off three of my mentors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I would say, okay, or some people that I trust. These are three things that were said to me. What, what are you hearing? on those and they may come into mesh. But for me, if I'm, if I'm hearing a different message, what I think is a different message, I think the best way to do it is stick my nose into a, um, a meeting between clinicians and campers that I wasn't refereeing on. Mm. So I want to hear how they're relaying that message to them because now I have nothing invested into it because when I hear, whatever, you're not putting your arm all the way up straight. Mm-hmm. I hear, you think I'm no good. Mm. You know, and, I, and and then when I don't hear it the next time, I hear, oh, they think I'm great. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear how that message, that kind of message gets relayed to other campers that I have no stake in, no money in the game, right? So no skin in the game. That way I could probably look at it a little bit more judicially and potentially get to the root message that I'm receiving from three different clinicians, whether that being the message could be your mechanics are pretty good, but I think they can be better. Mm -hmm. I'm just referring to the one arm situation. Mm -hmm. So that's probably where I would go. I would go to my three mentors or two mentors or, you know, someone within that camp. And I might even, if I, if at all possible, I would say, you know, I don't need you to watch my game but I would love it if you could be there and just listen in as my clinician is giving me my feedback. Mm. So that way maybe I talk to my mentor every day. You can you know, clear the muddy water a little bit for me so I can understand it a little better. Yeah, no, I like that a lot because a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll be in front of one clinician and we don't hear anything, so we think that's good, mm. right? Oh, yeah, they didn't yeah. say anything bad, mm-hmm. right? And we're yeah. in front of another clinician, and they say a ton of stuff to us, and so we think that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And that could that could be correct. But I'll also tell you, as a clinician, 
if I have somebody that I can tell really wants to learn and really wants to, to be better, I will give them more stuff. Mm. And that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, if I don't give you much, there's a higher likelihood that I just think you're not very coachable. And so I'm not going to waste my time. Mm. Why am I going to tell you 10 things that you're going to argue? Yeah, right. You know, rather than, you know, give you things that I think could be potentially implemented. The other thing that I think is really, is really interesting is I think we need to look at camps as an overall experience rather than compartmentalizing them into games yeah. or classes because what we what we tend to do is, oh man i had i had a great game on jeff's court oh, i had a really bad game on jen's court you know and jen's the jen's the coordinator now mm -hmm. and so i had my bad game on jen's court and so i i know my schedule's gonna go down this year Right, mm -hmm. my, my schedule's gonna go down. Well, we forget that the clinicians talk. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we forget that this is a this is a a broad, you know, scope of what's going on. And so there's going to be the opportunity for those clinicians to talk back and forth. There's gonna be the opportunity for them to share notes on what's going on. And just because you have one bad game does not mean that everything's down the tubes. By the same token, just because you have one really great game doesn't mean everything's going awesome. Yeah, you're going to pick up all the games, right? Because all it takes is Jen going to everybody going, man, Chad had a great game on my court today. And all it takes is you and Scotty mm -hmm. and somebody else going, well, really? Because he did not do well on our courts exactly over the right. weekend. Yep. You know, and I'm glad he had that great game. I'm glad it worked. But you need to know as a coordinator, mm -hmm. like this means 75% of the time he did not have a good game. Yep. Well, coordinator probably doesn't want to put somebody out there that 75% of the time isn't going to be good. Yeah, or only performs well when the boss is around. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great statement. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. And so in, instead of looking at things so small, let's look at the broad scope of things. And, you know, I think we have to begin to ask ourselves some questions. Number one at a camp, did I learn something new? Man, because if we're not learning something new when we go to a camp, why are we going? Right. Uh, and we can say, well, because we want to get games or whatever. But I'm telling you, we're going to get more games if we're learning new things. Mm -hmm. We just are. Mm -hmm. If we're getting better, we're we're going to have a better chance of that kind of thing happening. You know, So I, I have to ask myself, did I learn something new? And did I work to apply it? Well, I, I want to stop you for a second. Yeah. Did you learn something new? And it may not necessarily be from one of the seven or eight clinicians. Absolutely. You may learn something new from someone you're sitting next to in a classroom session. Yep. Or worked with or stuck your nose into a post game that someone else worked with. So it don't look and that's it's a real um, real problem. When we start pigeonholing, these are the places I'm going to learn. Mm -hmm. when, our, when our real opportunity could be somewhere that's maybe from the janitor who's who's been watching these summer camps all summer says, yeah, I've met whatever, some clinician that was in here that you never met before, and he or she said this, and you learned it. So that's where we got it. We got to be able to uh, just – just check our vision there, right? And mm -hmm. Instead of saying, okay, well, this now when this person speaks, I'm going to learn from them because they've been instructed with teaching me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, I didn't learn anything. Well, I think some of that is probably 
you're just looking to learn only from the people that you were told to learn from. Oh yeah. Sorry. No, no, that that's perfect because I will tell you, especially when I was very early moving up in my officiating career, mm-hmm. and then more lately, now that I've been more established at at both ends of that, I have probably had as many learning experiences, if not more, be off the court and out of the classroom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it. Early on, it was I was learning from those other people that I was paired up with, yeah. who were just getting me through those camp games because <laughs> right. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Right, you know, and there was way too much for the clinician to give me in five minutes you after the end of the game. Right, right. You right. know, but then those people would stick around with me the whole hour before the next game and just talking and showing me people on the court and mm-hmm. what we were doing and all that kind of thing. Um, there are people in the in the classroom that would be helping me connect with me, the conversations that I would have afterwards and, and, and all where you could just, you can just kind of tell the people that know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know? And so you begin to gravitate. (coughs) Pardon me. Bless you. Gravitate towards them. Um, but then the other side of that is, is that now that, that I've moved to a little different spot in my career, especially at, at certain levels. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm watching the newbies. You know, and what are the things that they're picking up? What are, I can be practicing. I can be practicing my crew leadership at camp yeah. like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I would encourage you, uh, if, if you are a returning official going to a camp this year, look for opportunities to practice crew leadership. Oh, man, that's big. <laughs> that's know? big. Yep. Because because you're going to have a newbie. And instead of going, oh, my gosh, I got a newbie on my crew today mm-hmm. for this camp game. And it happens to be in front of the coordinator. And so now we're probably going to make mistakes. It's not going to be, you know, man, I wish it was just three really good officials working this game. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Maybe you being a crew leader on that game in front of the coordinator is the thing that puts you over the top. Yeah. You know, maybe they go, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I knew he was a solid official or I knew she was a solid official. But I didn't know they could help lead people. Because mm-hmm. if they can help lead people, I can use them yep. in a different way. I can use them on different kinds of games. You know, I, you know, Jeff has made the comment on the podcast, I don't know how many times, and, and I've kind of taken it as a mantra now, too. I mean, keep changing rules. Just keep doing it. <laughs> keep doing it. That's keep right. doing it. Because it's job security <laughs> for me because I'm going to learn them. And yeah. I'm going to know how to implement them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Keep bringing in new people. Yep. Keep bringing in new people. Because I'm going to do my absolute best to encourage them, to support them, to make them feel safe when they get on a court. And guess what? That that makes me valuable mm-hmm. to a coordinator. Because some people look at the new people that come in as competition. Right. And they don't want to help them along. And they don't want them to get better because they don't want them to take their games. Well, I, yeah, that's probably true. But I think ultimately... Being a leader is hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, probably more difficult than just going out and working your games and being really good all the time. Absolutely. To be a leader, you know, you got to be humble and you got to be willing to, you know, you know, show your weaknesses and 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 be uh, be vulnerable at times. So that's very hard to do. So when someone comes and you know some young referee comes your way. Well, I don't want to do those hard things, so I'm just going to stay over here on the sidelines and still work my games. 
And there's people that go through the officiating community every year, just like that. And they put 20 years in, they take off and it's, it's done. So, but, you know, challenging yourself to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, look into this young official to try and encourage them to try, you know, give them some words of wisdom if possible. Um, and accept that for what it is, that's the role until I leave or maybe even longer that is going to make dealing with those new officials a lot easier. Forget about them worrying your games. Understand that you you know you need to take on the hard role, which is leadership and uh, and, and help those young officials. Yeah, and I, I really think that you know that plays into the the second thing that I think is really important for us to look at at camps. You know, the first one is what I learned. Mm-hmm. Second one is who did I encourage? Mm, yep. Yep. You know, because again, if if I'm going into one of these just thinking what can I get out of it. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't say who can I teach, right? Because we're we're not all called to be teachers at camps and clinics. Yeah. And I will tell you, if you're trying to teach other people while the clinician is trying to teach other people, you are making a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not. That's learning, yeah. that's different than somebody coming to in between games going, "Hey, I really struggled with this. How do you do it?" Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an opportunity you can teach because you're being invited to do it. Yeah. But don't go on your own. And we've all seen people at these camps and clinics who will go up and think that they are the teacher of the moment. Mm-hmm. And they'll teach somebody how to do it. That yeah. is not helpful. Yeah. But guess what? Everybody can encourage. Oh, yeah. Everybody can encourage. And people are going to remember you encouraging them a whole lot more than they're going to remember you teaching them. Yep. I have seen clinicians absolutely destroy somebody post-game. I mean, just tell them 27 things they did wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of it, make a statement that was so encouraging mm-hmm. that the person wanted to come back the next game and get told 27 more things yep. they did wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I read a book. I forget what book it was. But they they said, if you know, when you're in, a, in an evaluation situation like that, give all the bad first. Mm-hmm. All that being said, these are the great things that you did. Because when you give the good first, everyone knows there's a bad coming. <laughs> they just know it. So they're yeah. not even listening. To the good. They're, they're not even listening to it. They're just getting ready for that hammer to drop down. So give whatever bad stuff you want to give. And then at the end of that, say, all that being said, I think you do this well, you do this well, and I can't wait for you to you know do this and show me how you can do that. So those it's, it's a real, really tricky thing to do because – as a clinician, I can, you know, speak about this. We, we tend to make the list of all the things. Oh, missed call here, missed bad mechanic here, you know, you know, whatever, all that stuff. So we have to tell you. So we get, we got to find a way to, to, to say that and then bring in the good too. And, you know, find- get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Find some good marks in there, too. Yeah, too. absolutely. And, and I just, I think... Again, this is what's prepping us for the season. You know, Jeff and I had a conversation before we we started podcasting today where we talked about how it seems like some people these days, um, okay, season's done. Mm. I forget about the sport, Mm. right? It's done. It's over. Yep. And now, okay, here comes camp season. So I'm going to go from zero to 60 Mm -hmm. and get ready for camp. Mm -hmm. And then after camp, I'm going to forget about it again. And then now we're, you know, two, three weeks before season starts, you know, or we got a test we got to do or, you know, whatever, right? We got to watch the NCAA Mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to go from zero to 60 again. Mm -hmm. Well, I think rest is good. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I think having a break is good. But maybe we don't ramp down to zero. Right. You know, maybe we go from 60 down to 25 and we just cruise through the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're still finding ways to engage. And it may not be that I'm in the rule book every night or reading case plays every night, or maybe that is what you do. Maybe that's your way of ramping down, (laughs) Yeah. you know, but maybe it's, maybe it's looking at conversations at work and how do I apply those kinds of interpersonal things to a basketball court or a baseball diamond, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's just the books that I read, you know, where I'm, I'm looking for things that are going to grow me as a person that yeah. make me better when I get out there. And I think when we, when we focus on those kinds of things in our off season or training season, it really makes us better at this encouragement side mm-hmm. because we can say, well, I don't need anybody to encourage me. Okay. I like, that's my responsibility. This is my job. Okay, fine. But guess what? It's a whole lot easier when you got somebody encouraging you. Mm-hmm. A whole <laughs> lot easier. Yeah. And if you if you're that person who says I don't need to be encouraged, I'm, I'm okay with that. But if I encourage you in front of someone, maybe that person next to you needs to be encouraged. Mm. And maybe they're like, oh, that's it. You know, I know he wasn't saying it directly to me, but I needed to hear that. Yeah. You know, that makes sense to me. So don't don't stop someone from giving you encouragement because you don't want it, there could be someone within two feet of you that needs to hear it. So let them say whatever they want to say. I think you're right on with the encouragement. There's, it was funny. I, for years, there's, I'm going to start giving out some secrets here. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was two um, phrases or statements that I would make at every camp at some point in time, at the proper moment. And, it never failed. If I, I, I said, I got to find a spot to use these two statements. And I used one of my statements in front of um, my, my, one of our co-directors of the camp. And they had never heard that before. Okay. And they're like, man, that was, that was really nice of you to say. So the two things, and we can use this in, in, any, in any form whether it be an officiating, I guess, you know, it's really led towards officiating. But I guess my point is you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a clinician in order to use this. You can be just any kind of veteran official, and you can have this impact on others. So the first one is, and I've said this during the season many times. I've said it, I've said it you know, at every camp since I've been clinicianing probably. 
I'm not retiring this year, but if I were, I would know the game would be in good hands with you guys or mm. you guys and gals. So, you know, clinician, teacher, veteran official, it comes with a stigma, right? It comes mm -hmm. with a, like, oh, you know, Jeff Cross, you know, he's been here, done this, and I would love to have those games. Well, I've just implied to them, if I stop tomorrow and you do it, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. It's going to be great. The game's going to be in good hands. So that's a very encouraging statement to tell people. And yep. I and I had said that to the young officials, and my core director like, that was so nice of you to say to those guys. I'm like, well, I mean, that's that's my job to encourage them to want to come yeah. back. And the other one is because I, you know, I'm a Division One referee and I work, you know, a good good number of games. I I try to find the right crew, the right people to say it to, and I said, um, you know, you did a good job. Blah blah blah. I've watched your work all weekend. Whatever it is, but I want to leave you with this: it wouldn't would not surprise me at all if someday you and I would be working on the floor together. That is a statement that is so powerful because 90% of the time these clinicians are wanting, or these campers are wanting to just work a Division One game or yeah. something like that. So, you know, usually that goes out to those, you know, young, young officials that you kind of see some, mm -hmm. some, some, some light there go, okay, it's possible here. But um, we have that opportunity to spread that word in November. Mm -hmm. in 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 February, whatever, you know, someone who, it, it doesn't even have to be, maybe it's someone who works the NCAA tournament. And, maybe, and, and you say to them, man, it would not surprise me at all in the next five years or in sometime in the future, you and, you and I are working the NCAA tournament together. Coming from, you know, someone who doesn't work the NCAA tournament. So we can use it at any level. And I remember hearing it at one of my conference tournaments, um, I was selected to work the table for the championship game. Okay. And our crew chief said during our pregame, the pre-day, we'll call that, because we have breakfast and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, they had said, uh, I know that not all of us are on the floor, but, you know, I believe that all of us deserve to be on the floor. And at some point, you know, she pointed to me, you will be on the floor, so... Don't worry about those kind of things. So those are in types of currents that we need. And if we can do those throughout the season, you'd be, you'd be surprised how many people want to hang around with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you made mention today of somebody who this coming year is going to be their last year officiating. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I think of that person, I don't think of – their percentage of calls correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, even yep. though it's very high, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I, I don't think of how crisp their mechanics are, mm -hmm. even though they are. Yep. I, I think of how much that particular individual prepares their crews, how much that individual encourages their crews. Mm -hmm. I think about how every time that person takes a basketball court, there's a smile on her face right? because basketball courts are happy place mm -hmm. yeah. has been for a long time as a mm -hmm. player, as a coach, as an official, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, we, we've, we've said, you know, this is the uncommon drive podcast, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. lots, lots, lots of people driving everywhere every day, but what, what makes somebody uncommon in the way that they approach it? And I, I will tell you, if, 
if you will approach your camps this training season, if you will approach your camps from how many people could I encourage rather than how many games could I get? Mm -hmm. I would, I would love to know the percentages and we, we might not ever be able to quantify it. Yeah. Right. But I would love to know the percentages of those people that actually ended up getting more games hmm. than if their focus would have been on just getting more games. Right. Yep. Yeah. Cause it, the coordinators are giving out games to good people yeah. that can figure out how to referee, you know, they're, they're, they're not looking for the hundred percent call accuracy in a perfect world. Everyone wants that coaches, players, everyone included, you know, everyone there, but the people we want working for them, when they when a boss hires someone, they're looking at someone who's going to be part of the team, not someone who's going to did, going to fulfill every eight hour day perfectly. We're yeah. not looking for that. I was I was at a a baseball camp uh, this last week and was evaluating there and watching there, and there was a, a, a group of people from my geographic footprint of my conference that I assigned for, mm -hmm. and uh, I had watched one of them work. And because of the way the schedule happened, I only got to watch the person work bases. I did not get to watch the person work the plate. And so afterwards, I was talking with one of the, the coordinators of the camp. And this is somebody that this person works for all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, not at college level, but uh, travel, travel baseball level. And so uh, I'm talking with that person and all and, and he said, you know, do you, do you see anybody that, you know, piqued your interest or, or anything? And I, I mentioned this person by name. And I said, man, I, I really liked what I saw. I said, I really liked how coachable they were. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I mentioned one thing to them and they immediately were trying to, to implement it. I could see a difference there within the game. For, for me, you talk about clinicians that have focus on different things. Mm -hmm. That's one for me. Mm -hmm. I see somebody that wants to try to implement right away. That's a, that's a huge positive sign for me. Sure. And, uh, and I mentioned that, and this is what that, that person said to me, he said, that person will work their tail off for you and they will not get you in trouble. What do they say? They're saying they got great work ethic mm -hmm. and they are going to make sure that they're a good person. They're not going to get you. They're not going to have the off field right. stuff. They're mm -hmm. not going to have that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. notice they didn't say anything about how good they were at calling balls and strikes. Yeah, their play job 98%. <laughs> yeah. They didn't say that at all. Yep. They didn't say how good they look in their uniform. Yep. yep. All they said was this person's going to work hard. They're going to be a good person. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I have already got that person written down to be on my staff for this next sure. year. Mm -hmm. So absolutely to your point. That's what coordinators are looking for. Now, do people still need to be able to call ball strikes? Do they still need to be able to call fouls and violations? Yes, absolutely. But it's it's more to it. And I think some of us get so caught up. You know, I'm getting ready to go to a, a big basketball camp as a camper here in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't somewhat anxious about that camp. Mm. Because... I've been going for enough years and doing enough things that, you know, my, my window is probably closing as far as opportunity goes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I would love for this to be the year I, I break through mm -hmm. that, that window. Right. And, uh, but if I go into that camp, so worried and focused on that, I guarantee you, I will not be successful. Yeah, it'll consume you. Right? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. 
But if I go into that camp excited about the people that I'm going to get to see that I haven't seen since last basketball season, sure. mm-hmm. you know, and excited about learning something new and encouraging people around me and meeting new people, if yeah. that's my focus, it doesn't mean I don't still do the work. Yeah. But if that's my focus, I have a much greater chance of being successful. And, well, and the work becomes much easier. Sure. You know, <laughs> you're, you're being around good people, seeing the good in people. It uh, makes going and working three games in one day a little bit more tolerable. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I found it really interesting. Jeff was was heading off to this camp that he was teaching at this last week. And it's a camp that I've gone to for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years. I Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years now in a row I've been going to it. And this is my first year since I started going to it that I wasn't going. Mm -hmm. Um, And not because I didn't want to go. It just, it didn't work out with my schedule and everything else this year to be available for that particular weekend to Mm -hmm. be able to go. And instead of going, oh, well, thank goodness. There's one more camp I didn't have to go to this year or there's money I didn't have to spend or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. No, I was sitting there like the kid who got left home when the (laughs) brothers went to summer camp. Yeah, right. right. You know, I was was disappointed I didn't get to go. And again, it was because of the people. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that if I was there, I was going to be seeing people that are important to me, that are meaningful to me. And people that I want to encourage and people that encourage me. Yep. Uh, and again, it, just a reminder to me that so much of why we do what we do is not about what happens within the lines. Yeah. You know, it's it's about ha- what happens with people. It, it is very much so. I mean, the, it's the what Jerry Davis told me, you know, this is the greatest job in the world if it wasn't for the games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's, I mean, it's truth. You get a chance to be with, you know, friends and and basically family members, you know, for a certain time of year. And you get to go through wars with people. You get to travel with them. You get to find out about their family and their kids and their spouses and um, their their trials and tribulations. And that's 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 meaningful. Oh, yeah. That's meaningful. And then the game secondary, you know, getting plays right. You talked about, you know, no one talked about them, their, their plate work. Well, th- your plate work isn't going to get you the – original assignment mm-hmm. that, you know, you improving on your plate work is going to get you those, you know, late season assignments. It's going to get you those postseason assignments. It's going to get you that promotion into the next league. That's mm-hmm. what's going to get you that not, not the opportunity. Your plate work doesn't get you the opportunity as much. So, yeah, no, it's good. And I, I'd like to come then back around to the, the earlier part of the conversation that you had, Jeff, where you said, you know, you had all these clinicians that, that looked at things very differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I said, first of all, I need to be looking at, you know, what can I learn? Right. The next thing is who can I encourage? I think the last thing is, is then what can I take away? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it may not be something that I've learned, you mm-hmm. know, it, it just may be something that, that I received or something I'm reminded of or whatever. Um, but, but what can I take away? And if, if I am, only looking for negative, I will take away negative. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I am only looking through rose-colored glasses and only willing to see the positive, mm-hmm. then I'm only going to take away positive. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I'm going to do is, is when I've got one clinician that looks at things the way I like to look at it, and another clinician that looks at it a different way than I look at, it, I'm going to go. Well, this one was a good clinician, and that one was a bad clinician, mm-hmm. right? 
But I think it's a great reminder to us. You know, you talk about the, the different clinicians looking at things through different eyes. Well, guess what? Every partner we have all season is going to look at th- look at things through different eyes. Yeah. Every crew chief we have is going to look at things through different eyes. Yep. You know, on the basketball side, our crew chiefs are filling out evaluations on us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're helping those coordinators make decisions about who gets those late season assignments and right. things because those crew chiefs are trusted by those coordinators mm-hmm. to give that kind of feedback. So guess what? We're not just being evaluated at camp. <laughs> you know, we're being evaluated. All, oh, well, so-and-so never gets to my games. They they never see me. Well, your your partners do. Yeah. Your crew chiefs do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on video everywhere that we go at every level anymore. Mm -hmm. I found it was hilarious. I got sent video the other day from a 12U travel baseball game of somebody who knew I was an umpire coordinator sending me the video going, is this correct? Yeah, from a 12U game. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. We are all on video Mm -hmm. all the time. We are being seen when we don't think we're being seen. Yep. You know, we are being watched when we don't think we're being that's watched. That's exactly right. You know. And so if we're one of those people that only shows up and works a certain way when the coordinator's there or mm-hmm. when we're on their court or their field or whatever, we're, we're not going to succeed ultimately. Yep. We, we might short term, but long term, we're not going to. Yep. You know, and so as you know, if, if I get this feedback, that's just very, very different from from lots of different people. Well, maybe my takeaway is. um you know what? Different people see my game differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, what a takeaway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and so if I have a coordinator that sees my game as being really positive and they like to use me and I like, you know, and, and I get to work postseason for them and that kind of thing, well, then maybe they need to get more of my open dates every year. Yeah. Why wouldn't I go with the person that sees me in a certain direction? Right, exactly. You know? It, you're you're trying to split your time between two different division two coordinators as you're working your way up, right? Mm-hmm. And this one gives you all these, you know, the game between one and three, and you're getting the opening rounds of the conference tournament, and you're getting all that kind of stuff. And the other one gives you three games a year, mm-hmm. you know, and it's number six versus number ten, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what? Well, maybe I need to not worry so much about that particular coordinator. And go with the person that sees me in a different way. Well, I mean, that's what we do, right? We, we, when we develop friendships and we develop, uh, you know, maybe we meet our spouses, right? Mm-hmm. Partners. We, we gravitate towards the one that, that likes what they see. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. And, you know, we have to, if, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, make this some sort of visual. So if I have a, a friend, I have choose, choose between two people. One, he likes what he sees. He loves hanging out with me. We're good friends. We have good conversations, but, you know, can only afford a house and a little small apartment off the top of a garage in the back alley. Then I got another person who puts up with me, you know, hangs out with me when, whenever, but has, you know, a two-story house made out of brick with a swimming pool in the back and a putting green. They they have more physical things that they can give me mm-hmm. when we're together, but 
I feel better when I'm with the other person who lives in the garage above the alley yeah. or in the alley. So that's that's the difference, right? So if I if I have a division two two division two coordinators, one has man, you know, I every game I get paid five hundred dollars for the game, but I just don't like working for this boss, and you know, this boss is you know demanding in my travel and all those things. And the other one is three hundred a game, but they have you know less travel they have uh, clo- uh more availability they don't make you work on the sundays or whatever that is well i i'm willing to sacrifice the extra 200 a game to stay with someone who who values me and 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 sees the and i see the, the return is is better i don't always have to have the big swimming pool and in a putting green in the backyard to make me happy that doesn't necessarily have to make me happy so I think that's it's it's all relative there. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. We we do it daily via friendships and spouses and, and partners for life. And I have many, many friends that, you know, they just don't have anything, but they're really good friends of mine. So Yeah. Um go ahead. No, what go ahead, please. No, because I got a couple things I want to share. Um that is one for sure is 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 in relation to what we we're just talking about. Well, go the pe- for it. The people you're surrounding yourself with, yeah. and and it was just, it was a I forget where I got this book from. I wish I would wrote it down, but I, I I took some notes here. So there's a study that goes across fifty eight thousand hours in eleven different companies. Okay. Okay. And here's the stats: if you sit within twenty five feet of a top performer, your performance increases by 15% just by sitting within 25 feet of them. Hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, you're smarter, you know, you work harder, you do all those things just by sitting next to someone that's a high performer within 25 feet. Now, if you sit within 25 feet of a poor performer, your performance suffers by 30% just by sitting that close. So, it, you know, it just, it matters who we surround ourselves with. It yeah. matters who we attach to. It matters for those things. Because if I, you know, want to be a top performer, I better be surrounding myself with top performers. If I want to be a person who uh, um, is dedicated to his legacy, then I better be surrounding myself with people that are have that same dedication. Because my legacy will be just as big and strong as the person I surround myself with. So I think it, I thought that was important. I thought that was a, a neat little stat that it's not like somebody's just making it up either. You know, 58,000 people in 11 different companies, they studied these things. What what a concept. Oh, how, do, how do you think you got so many games? Well, I started hanging out with the people who got a bunch of games. <laughs> you know, what's the phrase? If you hang around five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth. Mm. You know? So, I mean, all that makes sense to me. And I thought that was pretty impressive yeah and you know these camps and clinics that we're that we're talking about this is this is where you can find yeah. some of those people to begin connecting with mm-hmm. and i don't mean that you use people okay mm-hmm. that's not what i'm saying you don't go look for the person that has the most games and try to attach yourself to them right yeah. but raise your go, hand if you got 70 games. but go <laughs> find a group of people yeah mm-hmm. you know the camp that jeff was talking about um uh, teaching at this last week uh, I had gone to that camp um, very early on, and I, I, I roomed with a guy, Brian. Uh, Brian's a great guy. And Brian, because of some 
health issues, some injury issues, is no longer able to officiate basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brian and I had gone, and we'd roomed together two, three years in a row at this particular camp. And just, just built connections, right? Yep. There wasn't anything he could do for me at that point. There wasn't anything I could do for him because we were both at the bottom rung, right? But we would encourage <laughs> each other, and we'd talk to each other. We'd do all that kind of stuff and everything, you know. Well, the other day, he was assigning officials for a, a shootout, a local shootout. And I haven't been on the basketball court since last year. Like I said, in a couple of weeks, I got a big camp coming up. And right. I've been in baseball mode for so long. You know, the last thing I wanted to do was go out and call a traveling violation and give a safe mechanic. Like, <laughs> that right. would be, that'd be a problem. I'm like, I need to get some of this stuff back in my muscle memory. So sure. I, uh, I agreed to go work four games for him. That morning, you know, just little running clock games, no big deal. Game starting on the hour. Started at eight. I'm done by noon. Great day. Had to go work plate that night at a, a independent minor league baseball game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I go to do that. He comes to me in the middle of that first game. Chad, I just got to call the guy that's supposed to be on this court after you guys are done. Uh, well, guys, he's he's had a family emergency, and I'm I'm really struggling to find somebody. Well, <laughs> hey, Brian, I'll. I'll stick around, help out, give you extra time to find somebody. Sure. Don't don't worry about it. Don't stress. He comes back to me later. I I, I don't have anybody. I, I hey, you know what? I'll work the next four. I'll work eight games. It means I was going to work eight straight games and immediately get in my car to go work a plate game <laughs> at, uh, at for minor league baseball. Great, no problem. I'll go do it. One of the other officials tells him on his way out that I'm working plate that night because he was coming to the game. And Brian's like, okay, I'm, I got a guy that'll come an hour early, so you mm. only have to work seven, right? Yeah, right. We get done with that fourth game. The other partner for that court doesn't show up. Mm. <laughs> and Brian comes over, and Brian's like, he's wrecked about it. You know, because for one, you, as a coordinator, you never want that to happen. Sure. You know, people not show up or whatever. But he also knows the position then that, that I'm in. Mm-hmm. In my immediate statement with Brian, it's not a problem. Yeah. I just want the girls to get the opportunity to play. It was a girls' high school varsity shootout. I just want them to get the opportunity to play. Coaches were so appreciative that I was there because yep. it meant they got to play the game. Yep. You know, uh, the fans, I, I didn't hear boo from the fans, at least not many boos from yeah, the fans right. during least, that. Yeah, you know, ones that I heard. <laughs> it, was just, it was no big deal. And, and I ended up working seven games. I will tell you, the only reason I did that is because Brian was the one assigning. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. He and I had a relationship together that started way back at that camp when yep. neither one of us could do anything for the other. Yep. You know, and then I was put in a position five, six, seven years later to be able to do something for Brian. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that because that's what happens when you are in relationship with people. When yep. you are in relationship with people, you want to do things for them. That's right. You yep. know, um, you had a situation. You know, uh, where if, you know, if you were at that camp and they said, you know, Jeff, we're, we're so sorry, but you know, we, we've, we've had to add two extra courts. Can, can you do these courts by yourself all day long? Mm-hmm. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you just said yes, yep. because you're in a relationship with people and that's, that's right. what you do. And so, um, you know, 
I think it's been a, a little different take on camps to what we often do. You know, we often talk about, you know, hey, what do you need to wear and how do you need to show up and what do you need to do and all that kind of stuff. And if you're interested in any of that, I encourage you to go back in the uh, Uncommon Drive podcast library and look for some of those. Um, there's tons of, uh, of solid information there about that. But I think one of the things I just would encourage you, I go back to these three things. You know, number one, you know, w- what are you going to learn? Mm. You know, what's what's something that, that you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to actually learn. And maybe it's something from a clinician. Maybe it's something from a classroom session. Or maybe it's somebody from somebody you're working with. Or like you said, something that the, the custodian does. Mm-hmm. As they're there, you go, oh my gosh, like I need to bring that into my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something yep. I need to learn. Number two, who are you going to encourage? Um, and maybe the person you're going to encourage is that custodian. Yeah, right. You know? mm-hmm. Maybe the person you're going to encourage is that brand new official. Maybe that person you're going to encourage is that person sitting there going, man, do I have enough left in the tank to do one more year? Right. And you get to be the one that encourages them to do that so they can go out with a bang rather mm-hmm. than a fizzle, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and then lastly, you know, what, what are you going to take away? What, what are you going to take away from the clinicians? What are you going to take away from the experience? And most importantly, what relationships are you going to take away? They're going to make an impact for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I know you're getting ready to wrap up. Go right ahead. Put but the bow on it for us, that's Jeff. That's right. Well, you know, it's something I, I, I'm not sure. If, I think I shared it with you. I don't know. But I shared it again at this camp. And um, I think it just re- it's it's from a book that I read um, called Man Up, and uh, which when I said that, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, listen, it's just a it's just a phrase. That's it. It's not that's no knock against women or anything like that. <laughs> we just want you to. It, that's what the title's called, Man Up. And it's in the, just a list here. I give you permission. I give you permission to grab a hold of everything you ever wanted in life. I give you permission to live life on your own terms. I give you permission to make as much money as you want. I give you permission to be bold and aggressive in pursuit of your dreams. I give you permission to think and dream bigger than you ever have. I give you permission to give up mediocrity in every area of your life. I give you permission to increase your self-worth. I give you permission to build your self-image. I give you permission to love yourself. I give you permission to get what you want in life. I give you permission to ignore what others have to say about you. I give you permission to enjoy incredible experiences with your family. I give you permission to have exceptional health. I give you permission to not just be successful, but to build an empire. I give you permission to take control of the situation and rise to your potential. So pretty good stuff. Yeah. And that gives you just a little bit of a glimpse into the way that Jeff's mind works, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I say that in, in all honesty, because, you know, some people would have a hard time grabbing onto some of those statements. Mm-hmm. You know, well, man, that's, that's a lot. That's big. That's different. I, I would say it's, it's uncommon and not all those statements may fit you. Yeah. You know? Uh, but as we, as we look at this, um, you know, part of part of what is so wonderful about the sports officiating world and the reason why I think it's so great for us to use as a lens to look not just at what we do between the lines, but mm-hmm. what we do in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that um, 
it takes something that seems very black and white. Here's the rule. Mm-hmm. Did we break the rule? Yeah, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. was it in the strike zone? Was it out of the mm-hmm. strike zone? Did the ball go in the hoop? Did the ball not? Was it a foul? Was it a, you know, we take something that seems very black and white. And we realize at the end of the day that it's not about the black and the white. Mm-hmm. You know, our world wants to continue to make it about the black and white. You know, the robo ump, mm-hmm. the instant replay, the all that kind of thing. And yeah, there's no doubt that all of us as sports officials, we want to get it right. Mm-hmm. But when we get it right outside the lines, mm. it makes the stuff that happens inside the lines far more meaningful. Yep. You can be the best official in the world. You don't have relationships. You're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. You could be a really, really mediocre official, have great relationships, and have one of the most wonderful lives around. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to see for you. We want to see you uh, succeed in those desires that you've got. We want to see you push towards those goals yeah. uh, and, uh, and hopefully uh, achieve as many of them as is possible for you. Uh, but the thing we know you can accomplish is to make an impact on those around you right. and allow them to make an impact on you. Yep. Have a great week, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.